Hello, sports fans, and welcome to Reed's Roundup, a new podcast brought to you by Waverly Newspapers. My name is Reed Catullus. If you recognize that name from the newspaper, you are not mistaken, because I am the sports editor at Waverly Newspapers here in Waverly, Iowa. I'm very excited and happy to bring you this new podcast, wherein I will be sharing my five thoughts from the past week in sports. Each week, I will be touching on the happenings with the area high school sports teams, Waverly Shell Rock, Janesville, Denver, Clarksville, all the rest. And I'll also be touching on national sports stories too, collegiate and professional. So welcome. And with that said, let's get this thing started. Number one, the IWCOA Girls Wrestling Tournament will be unprecedented. This weekend will bring the second ever Girls High School State Wrestling Tournament in Iowa for wrestling. And once again, it's going to be hosted at Waverly Shellrock High School here in Waverly. Last year's tournament drew 87 girls, but to be fair, there would have been more with better weather. But nearly 400 are registered this year. That's nearly quadruple the amount of wrestlers that were signed up in 2019. I spoke to WSR Athletic Director Dave Litterer last week, and he told me there are going to be seven maths set up for the tournament, five in the Gohawk Gym and two in the Bach Gym. It's clear the school is preparing for grand numbers this year, and that's definitely a good thing. And I'm sure WSR is eager to show it's more than capable of hosting an event of this magnitude. Because that's a gaudy number. 400. And it goes to show that girls wrestling in Iowa is only continuing to grow, and it's great to see. Last November, I wrote a story for the paper on the Waverly Shellrock girls wrestling team, head coach Eric Whitcomb, and the effort to grow the girls' side of the sport in Iowa. And through reporting on that story, it became obvious to me how much momentum there is for girls wrestling, and that's only increased as the months have gone by, and yet somehow the sport is not yet, not yet sanctioned by the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union. Now the last time I checked, that process is still ongoing. It's a very long and complicated process. Um, the union needs 50 schools to send letters saying they would they want to have girls wrestling girls wrestling as a, as its own sport but you have to wonder if the girls athletic union is monitoring the number of girls that are sent up to wrestle for that for the state tournament with so much excitement and, and engagement around the sport rising it's hard to imagine a sanction not coming in the near future now on one, uh, last week iawrestle.com released its second ever girls high school wrestling rankings and seven WSR girls were ranked. No other school had more except for Colfax Mingo. Denver had six, six girls ranked, and Toya Griffin of Nashville Plainfield, who won state last year, was ranked as well. It'll be very exciting to see how these area athletes perform next week in Waverly, and better yet, to witness in person the rise of a sport that means so much to so many. Number two, WSR Wrestling's Infectious Energy. This weekend will and should be about girls wrestling, and the girls' side of the sport deserves a big spotlight, which it will get. But I feel like I need to use part of this space to, uh, to also talk about the boys' team at WSR, because all they've done is keep winning and winning. But first, a little anecdote. If you read the, if you read the sports section in Thursday's paper, you will have already seen this, but something entertaining happened Tuesday. Around 3.30 p.m., I went to WSR wrestling practice, practice to talk to Whitcomb, uh, girls head coach, Josh Meyer, and a few girls wrestlers. And before he came over, to, came over to talk to me, Coach Whitcomb had the entire team play a game of dodgeball in the wrestling room. So, picture it. As I'm, as I'm asking Whitcomb questions with my phone recording in the corner of the room, 
Kids are flying all over the room, picking up dodgeballs, flinging them, fling, throwing them at each other. Dodgeballs are slapping against the walls. Wrestlers are, are diving at my feet to retrieve balls. Whitcomb is shoving them away to, to preserve some semblance of peace for our interview. It was truly a chaotic environment, but it was fun to witness. And some people might have been graded. Some, some reporters might have been graded if, if they had to, you know, interview someone in that chaotic environment. But I didn't mind at all. It was fun. It was entertaining. And more importantly, I was able to witness up close the energy that, that this team has, the camaraderie, the chemistry, the competitiveness, good alliteration, right? Uh, things that a great team needs. Now, of course, things are always going to be greater around the team that wins this much. For example, WSR defeated Old Wine 60-6 on Thursday night, giving the, giving the Gohawks the, the Northeast Iowa Conference dual team title, which was created in 2016. On Saturday, the team will compete in the Rick Caldwell Invite in Waverly, but next weekend, the Gohawks will have a great chance at grabbing their 15th conference title. 15 conference title. These are good times for wrestling in Waverly. Number three, Janesville boys basketball should be ranked. A few days ago, the Associated Press released another Iowa boys high school basketball poll, and once again, none of our area teams are ranked, but one should be. See, in the first poll released of the season in 2019, the Janesville Wildcats, led by head coach Joe McKenna, were ranked number nine in Class 1A. That was the only poll in which Janesville was ranked. They haven't returned. I think this is wrong. If you look at the teams ranked in Class 1A this week, you'll find Easton Valley at 1, Bishop Garrigan at 2, Waco at number 3, and so on. And while all these schools are surely deserving, I believe an argument could be made that Janesville should be in there. The primary reason being that Janesville has 13 wins this season. No ranked team has, has that many. In fact, only two ranked teams, Waco and Highland, have 12 wins. Furthermore, there are two teams with nine wins and one with eight. Now I know what you're thinking. How many losses does, does Janesville have? Well, they have two, and one of them was not a great loss. The Wildcats lost at Wapsie Valley, a 6-7 and seven team, on January 4th, and they lost on January 10th at Don Bosco by 18 points, a big rivalry game that the Wildcats did not show up in. But listen, two ranked teams have, t- have two losses as well. I know this isn't incredibly important. I know it's not earth-shattering. I know McKenna and the Janesville players aren't going to be lying awake, at, awake in bed at 2 a.m. thinking, why won't they rank us? But come on, not, not even one vote? Maybe this will light a fire under Janesville's you-know-what and motivate them to keep winning. Maybe they don't even look at these rankings and none of this really matters. We'll see what happens. Number four, the engine behind the WSR girls basketball team's dominance. I'm sure you've noticed, but the Waverly Shellrock girls basketball team is on an 11-game win streak, and its last loss came all the way back on December 5th. For three straight weeks now, the Gohawks have been ranked ninth in Class 3A by the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union, and it appears that the team is poised for a potential run in the state tournament. Now, looking at the stat book, you would infer that the team's success is mostly due to junior Abby Draper, and you would not be wrong. Draper leads the team in scoring with 18.5 points per game. She hits 57% of her shots. She's led the team in rebounds and blocks, and she passes the eye test too. 
Draper has a remarkable way of finding easy layups in the basket using her height, and she can surprise you with a smooth outside jumper. And she's great on defense, too. Draper deserves a lot of praise. But I'm going to use number four here to highlight WSR's point guard, senior Brittany Young. When I talked to head coach Greg Bodensteiner before the season, he said Young was going to be tasked with scoring the ball more often this season, kind of transforming from a facilitator to a more of a scoring role. And that's what's been happening. Young is scoring 12 points per game this season, second on the team, compared to just nine points per game last year. I, didn't, I, I shouldn't say not, just nine points per game. Nine points per game last year. But what stands out to me the most about Young is her passing. Yes, she's shooting more this season, but there are at least three or four plays per game when I watch WSR where I'm shocked at how good of, of a facilitator Young is. I'm usually most impressed with a teammate, oftentimes Draper, sometimes other teammates like Cameron Grayway or Annika Behrens, cuts to the basket and Young finds her teammate right at the hoop with a sharp pass. Young has a remarkable way of keeping her head up and scanning the court while keeping a tight dribble. And she also, she also is very capable of scoring as well. She shoots 48% from three on 75 attempts this year. Young is the engine that drives this WSR offense and everything kind of moves through her. And I'm, I'm eager to see what kind of damage this team can do in the postseason. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, and I am not prepared. I'm putting this last because I don't want to be insufferable, but I had to dedicate some of this space to the Kansas City Chiefs because I've been a diehard fan my entire life, and this is a monumental moment for me. It's a big moment for every, every person in Kansas City and every Chiefs fan across the country, and I'm sure there are many Chiefs fans in Iowa and hopefully some in here in Waverly, and if you are, you know how big this moment is. And set aside the fact that the Chiefs will be playing the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 54 next Sunday. It is still ridiculous to me that I now root for a team that is a legitimate championship contender. Not just good enough to get into the playoffs, but great enough to win titles. I say this because for a long time, the Chiefs were good enough to play in the wildcard round, but not good enough to really be relevant. To drive this point home, I'm going to list for you every Chiefs starting quarterback I can remember watching, excluding 2018 MVP Patrick Mahomes. I'm starting with Trent Green, who was our quarterback from 01 to 05, because that's the earliest I can remember. I was born in 96. Here we go. Trent Green, Damon Heward, Brody Croyle, Tyler Thigpen, Matt Castle, Tyler Palco, Kyle Orton, Brady Quinn, Alex Smith, Chase Daniel, Nick Foles. Some of those quarterbacks were downright awful and they hurt my eyes to watch. But a few, Alex Smith, Trent Green, even Matt Castle for a stretch, were good enough to bring the Chiefs to the playoffs, where we lost in the first round nearly every time. I'm thinking in 2013 when the Chiefs had a 28-point lead over the Colts in Indianapolis but blew it. I'm thinking in 2017 when the Chiefs had a lead over the Titans but lost in Alex Smith's last game as a Chief. Now, our reality is playing in the AFC Championship in back-to-back years. I can't believe it. It brings me irrepressible joy and happiness, and t- but also terrifies me to my core because nothing has ever prepared me for this. Nothing. This past week has been extreme, extremely long, and I expect next week to be the longest week of my life. I've watched over a, do- a dozen Super Bowls with other teams playing in them, and now, all of a sudden, my favorite team is one of the last standing. Am I dreaming? Is it all a hoax? I end this podcast with a plea to Andy Reid, to Patrick Mahomes, 
to Travis Kelsey, to Teron Matthew, to Sammy Watkins, Damian Williams, Nicole Hardman, Chris Jones, Charvarius Ward, Harrison Butker, bring Kansas City a Lombardi trophy, and you will be legendary for years to come. Thank you for tuning in to the first ever Reads Roundup. I'm very excited to keep working on this and, and getting better at podcasts and seeing where this podcast goes. But please don't hesitate to reach out to us with critiques, questions, or concerns. This podcast will only get better if you give us feedback. With that said, I hope you have a great weekend. I'll see you next week and stay safe out there. Go Chiefs.